Yo, what's up? Welcome back, guys. We're here for another episode of A Beer With. I'm your host, Jai, and today I've got Johnny Ahern on the show. Uh, he's the studio owner of Diffuse Studios, a really good friend, great mix engineer, um, helps me a lot with my music and everything I do. Um, and yeah, we just had a, had a chat. We sat down and, and just sort of let the mics go, hit record. And yeah, just had a, had a good chat really about like music production and mixing and everything that we're into. Um, and, and yeah, we, you know, just, just sat down and turned it on and, and went for it. So we've got like a really cool announcement as well. Um, Diffuse Studios is actually going to, we're going to move into a commercial space. Um, we're really going to start pushing the studio and trying to get people in and sort of make a really creative, positive space for people in Brisbane to sort of come and, and you know, make music and finish music and, and just a place where, you know, people can connect uh, and they can, you know, share their sort of musical journey and, and try and make, um, you know, lots of good things in the music industry happen. Uh, so yeah, we want to get lots of, uh, you know, producers, artists, mix engineers, um, you know, even photographers, videographers, we want it to be a creative space for everyone. Um, and you know, through that is, you know, we're going to get some really cool projects happening, um, you know, with a heap of different people. And I think it's a really good time for that. Um, I think it's something that's needed at the moment in Brisbane. It's something that we can really push and it's going to be more of a community thing. Like, you know, we want everyone to be involved and we want to really just, you know, uh, help other people sort of make music um, and, and make music ourselves, obviously. But we, we want it to be uh, something where other people can come and they can sort of, you know, um, make really good music as well. So, uh, yeah, that's that's an announcement for us. Um, Diffuse Studios is going to be moving to... Uh, it's basically going to be kind of in partnership with Frequency TV. Um, and, yeah, we're going to move to a commercial space. And, yeah, we're going to have a heap of announcements about that. And I'm sure you'll see heaps of stuff on social media about it. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a really exciting thing for everyone in Brisbane. Um, so if you do want to get involved, make sure you get in touch, um, you know, send me a message um, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll link up because uh, we do want to sort of work with other people and, and really make it a bit of a community. All right, guys, let's just get straight into the episode. So as always, sit back, crack a beer if you have one and enjoy the episode. This is A Beer with Johnny Ahern. Yeah, where's the questions? There's no questions. What do you mean there's no questions? I don't write shit down. We just, nothing? we just go. We just chat. We just go. Uh, Johnny, cheers. Cheers. Cool. Um, so we know each other pretty well, so I guess there's no sort of um, seeing what you're up to at the moment, for, for me anyway. So I think, I think the best thing to do would maybe be to just jump straight into how the studio started. Like, how did you create Diffuse Studios and what was the the idea behind it initially? The idea behind it was not to piss off my housemates. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, being a bedroom producer and having, you know, your space next to somebody else's uh, yeah. was pretty much the idea. Um, but, like, backtracking from that a little bit, the, uh, the studio, which is like a little car shed converted. Yep. Um was nothing more than like a few couches and an old fridge and not much else. 
So when it first started, uh, so you mean before you started making it into a studio? That's yeah. what was in the the, the garage. There was, there, was no, there was nothing much else. And um, yep. um, Eddie Eddie from um, Butterfingers lived here, and uh, he he had it set up just for a little practice room. Yeah, and like it kind of sat there for like you know a couple a couple of years when I lived here, and then um, a mate of mine uh, had some girl trouble. Yeah. As we all do. As so, we uh, all do from time uh, to time. Terms. Um, lucky those guys that don't have them, but like, you know. Anyways, they, uh, so, so he moved into the, into the, into the space, uh, kind of cleaned it up a little bit and kind of made it look kind of presentable. Yeah. Livable. Yeah. And livable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think there was like one, one night I sat up here with uh, my mate Scotty and um, just like hung out. And chilled out, and I was like, "This could be a space." Yeah. And at the time, I was studying audio engineering, and mm-hmm. where at? I see you. Yep. And at that time, it was like, you know, it's like, are you going to get a job in audio, or are you going to make a job in audio? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of the premises about making the studio, and then obviously. Um, the last, I think it was the last term I was at, um, SAE, I decided to make the space. Yep. And it probably took probably about seven months to get yep. it to a space where I could actually make some tunes in here. Yep. Um, and then from that time, uh, a couple of years to actually turn it into kind of what it is today. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you do initially? Cause it was, it was just, it's. For people who haven't been here, it's at an old Queenslander house and it's a separate sort of single carport garage, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so the walls were all like just the tin. Is that what so, it was originally? It's, yeah. So it's like a, it was, all it was, simple as tin roof, hardwood frame. Yep. And that was it. It was like bare. Yeah, it's with a garage door. So what kind of treatment did you do then when you built it? So obviously when I look around the room now, I can see we've got the bass traps and the initial reflection panels and, you know, the absorption for the bass and the sound. Is there anything you did, like, in the actual walls? Because there's definitely not tin. I know the walls are made of, of ply. So so what did you do there to treat the sound or so, improve it? So I think it wasn't about just, like, thinking about like what, what it's going to sound like on the inside because I was like, I was in a residential area and I didn't want the sound to go out as well. Yeah. So I did a bit of research into like the, um, to, to how sound would actually escape or get out of this room as well. So in between the, the tin uh, and then the ply, I did a fiberglass uh, pillow that was like surrounded the whole uh, studio. Yeah. So, so all the walls, the ceiling. So the walls and ceilings, um, the front wall, uh, not so much the back wall in a sense, because it's like um, it, it was the it's, it's the shortest wall and in, in, in all of the, the soundproofing. Yeah. Um, was all in a um, soundproofed like conditioned. So not only was it insulated. Um, which is really great in winter. Mm. Not, not the best in summer, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Yeah. It can be in Queensland, but it's got aircon, whatever. Um, so it would at least 
soften that, like, you know, when you get up to about, you know, 80, 90, um, you know, uh, decibel. Yep. Like, uh, you can you can at least get away with doing a mix till like midnight. Yep. One a.m. Yeah, so, yeah. So late into the night and not disturb other people around you. Yeah, yeah. And then like maybe you know, as we've had a few little kick-ons from here to time to time. Yeah. You don't really get that impact, which it's really um, I think the essence about if you make music or if you want to be uh, free to make music is. You don't. You feel like in the back of your mind that you're not uh, disturbing someone, or yeah. you're not in. A you're way. in your own little world. You're in. You're thing, in space. Yeah. You're in your studio. Your yeah. studio is contained. The sound yeah. is contained. You are in your element. You can turn it up if you want. Yeah. Uh, you can. You can work on that hotline for two hours if you want to. Yeah. You can work on that synth for. You know, all night if you need to. You can yeah. work on a loop. And you know that the only person that's going to get affected by that is you. And Mm -hmm. I guarantee anyone out there that's listening to this, if they don't have that and it's in the back of their head, oh, I've got to put some headphones on or I've got got an hour before my girlfriend or my wife or my boyfriend or whoever comes home or I've got to do this. It's like it's going to affect how you do things. Like yeah, definitely awesome. If if you do only have that hour, that it might be super productive and creative, yeah, and that's cool. Um, on the other set essence, like when you have a space like this, it's almost like sometimes when you don't use it, you might feel a bit obligated to use it. Yeah, so it's almost like a motivation. It's like I've got this awesome space exactly. where I can create music. Why am I not up there doing it? It's like a kick up the backside almost. Sometimes, yeah. But I guarantee to anybody listening to this, like if you get that space and if you get that time, it's like you truly cherish it. And then, yeah. and then also, I guess in essence, like um, like getting the studio up to that point where I could put all my gear in here. And then at that time, I only had kind of mediocre gear. Mm. Uh, you know, I just had some like uh, 6.5 inch speakers no soundproof, like nothing, like yeah. just a fucking rectangle basic room. Br- really basic rectangle room, put it in this room, and then I was just like, I started to hear how things actually should should kind of sound, mm. you know. Um, we did this thing when we did the when we did all of the soundproofing in the studio, and we we played um, uh, "Sun Is Shining." By Bob Marley to get yep. the to get the speakers where we wanted them. Like yeah, okay. So it, it was kind of like a moment where we were like, we literally had two sets of speakers mm-hmm. and a computer and a play a playback. Yeah, nothing was in here at all. And then like yeah, we slowly put the traps in. We press play. Like we spent all afternoon just thinking like, let's just listen to this one track and just hear hear the bass. Let's just hear it. And then slowly we were like listening to it and we were like man i can hear every little nuance of this track like the bass is super tight like this like it was just like now it's turned into like not only just a place where you can mix create and do whatever you want like it's actually a place where you can actually listen to music yeah okay yep so you can appreciate how music is made because like a lot of music's mixed and made in the studio yeah doesn't necessarily always translate to any room or any place because every room, every place is different. Mm-hmm. But we definitely got that 
when we started putting all of the acoustic treatment and everything into the studio. Yeah, yeah. Um, and on that note as well, um, like having having a pair of $3,000 speakers in a rectangle room, is you might as well just use a pair of like little $200 monitors. Like, yeah. It's just, there's no point. There's a big difference between a treated room and an untreated room. It's like huge, your huge. speakers aren't going to make a huge difference. And for me, when I sort of met you and, and was introduced to the studio and the sound here, um, personally, I felt that my um, production and mixing and everything in that realm got a lot better, a lot quicker, just because I was listening on accurate speakers. Yeah. You know, like I could move an EQ um, and I could hear what I was doing the whole time. Yeah, you can in hear. My, you can hear what your low end's doing. Yeah, can, in yeah. my in my room at home, as you know, the the low end is it's not real good under a hundred hertz. So anytime I'm doing work under there, you know, if it's EQing or yeah, look, or, look, look, put it put it this way: if you're if you're a bedroom producer and you're you're making music, you're, you're creating, you're, you're putting forward a vibe. Putting, an idea. You're putting this idea, you're putting this vibe, you're like, or as I like, I like to call it the morale. The morale is something that's like you want to put up forward. Yeah. Um, it's not my job as a mix engineer to like change that. Yeah. Like that's, it's, it's my uh, job as an engineer just to finish that for mm, you. Polish it. Yeah, Make just, sure it translates correctly as to what you want it's it to just, be. It's just to finish it. Yeah. Like, um, just a point to finish it. Like, yeah. if you come to me and say, hey, I've produced a track and I really need some help with the sound, like all these other parts, and like, sure, we can sit here and produce it. And we've done that, uh, like, quite a few times. There's yeah. been quite a few tracks that you've played that I've listened to, and I'm like, man, I wouldn't touch that. I, yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't touch one little bit in that. It's yeah. all... Super awesome. Let's yeah. let's just make it translate well. Yeah. So then we give it to mastering, and then it translates well on a everyday normal club system. Yeah, on a normal or system, club or, or car or home. Yeah. So that's but then there's of- been some times where it's been like, oh man, we need to change that, and and sometimes where we've you know like sometimes we've run stuff through analog gear to for specific reasons and things like. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, what I found... Well, that's actually just like the, the, the last... The yeah, last that's track. the... That's I the can, actually, I can the see the, stuff. I can see the radio still plugged in. Yeah, we're still working, still working on some stuff. That, um, that, um, that is a very good um, kind of understanding about, um, for instance, like a 303 line that just needed that grit or that, yeah. that dirt or that analog love. Yeah. And like, you know, you can kind of twink around in digital world to kind of get it. But then as soon as we just put like a, a, Straight, s- yeah. a synth as an insert in Pro Tools and just drove drove that filter, yeah. it just kind of was like Oh, there it is. It's that's what we were looking just, for. It just pops out and it's not like it's yeah. like it's not like it's a volume thing. It's slightly a volume thing, but it's yeah. not necessarily gonna be like massively louder than everything else. Yeah. It just kind of gives that for me, it's more the texture. Yeah, the color, texture, yeah. and the, the, the feel. Yeah. And um, it's funny because, like, I use a lot of the synths now mostly as inserts. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Like, So you don't – and for anyone out there who doesn't know, an insert is so it's like sending the audio from your computer to so the analog gear right. and then sending the process signal back. But again, yeah, and then you bounce it down into an audio. Yeah, file. make it into an audio file. 
Um, but the the thing I was talking about with with listening on the good speakers is you get that accurate representation of what you're actually doing. So it becomes easier to learn because when I'm at home working on bass and low end stuff, sometimes it's hard for me to hear what I'm actually doing. Yeah, so like I don't you're know. Back, you're like working backwards. Yeah, well, I'm sort of working, but by guessing at the same yeah, time yeah. because is what I'm doing actually what I'm hearing? And a lot of the times it's yeah. not. So when I bring it to the studio, it's either sounds way better than I thought it was going to sound or way worse. Most times way worse. <laughs> Just because I don't have that, you know, yeah. sound. Um, but, yeah, so it's really cool to have this kind of a space. And and now, like, with the Adams, um, you know, good speakers. The big uh, boys. Yeah, the big boys. Um, in a good treated 8.5s, room. 8.5s, yeah. 8.5s. Um, you know, the Adams. Um, mm, yeah. I also I also think like uh your monitoring uh setup is 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 key. Um your monitoring setup is definitely key only not only that about volume in a way where you're not impacting on other things. Also other things saying outside volumes and stuff like you could it could be like a car, it could be volume, it could be someone shutting the door, it could be so many things. That will distract you from what you're doing. Yeah. If you're like a hundred percent in that moment, and yeah. it could be, it could be an hour, it could be four, it could be five. Who knows? It could be a whole night. Like if you get distracted one little bit, like it kind of throws you out. Yeah. And it's really, it's really easy. It's like sometimes it's your phone. Like I've so many times I've been doing a mix and I've just like put my phone. Like, I've left it down in the house or just left it away. Yeah. Pick up the phone. You're like, your girlfriend's like, where the fuck are you? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, it's okay to have to do that. Literally, because like, if you get distracted, there's no point in going back because like you get, it's almost like your mind is a memory. It's a muscle. It gets put into this zone. And once you're in that zone, it's like, it's like you get warmed up. You're like an athlete. You're, you're warmed yeah. up. You're warmed up. You're, warmed you're like, up. you're primed. Yeah, you're in. You're in like to third quarter, work. fourth quarter, and you're yeah. like, you know, you're hot. totally in the moment. You know, you look at it. You look at a DJ. He first gets up. He's a little bit, and then like, you know, couple half, tracks in, half an hour in. He's like, he's cooking, yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah. That's why they say like DJs should have like longer sets, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. They need to feel into the crowd and blah blah yeah, blah. I'm yeah. not. A, I'm not really a DJ, but all I'm saying is I'm drawing a comparison. Yeah. To yeah. when you lock into how you get into that zone when you mix. Yeah. I.e. when you've got good monitoring playback, when you've got no distractions, when you've got no outside ambient sounds pouring in, um, you can really you can really knuckle in and get your work done. And if you're good at what you do and you're quick at what you need to do, you can do all of these things very, very quickly yeah. if if you've got a good workflow good in place. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So if we if we just take a step back and go back a bit, um, I just want to know really how you got started in music. It's a question I ask a lot of people because um, obviously, like you said, you, you studied at SAE, but what was your sort of musical journey before you started studying maybe or why did you decide to, to do that pre- course pre- at SAE? Previously to the music, music stuff, I used to work in a lot of uh, venues. Yeah. Um, like like music venues, yeah, live music yeah, venues, clubs, or so like the zoo, um, yeah, places like that, and um, you know, just was an avid music lover, yeah, 
didn't really think about. So you didn't have like a musical background before that? You didn't play any instruments in oh, bands like, or anything? I loved playing music, yeah. I played in a couple of bands, yeah. played in a couple of things. Nothing real serious though? Just just sort of a few bands here and there? And it was, um, Depends how far back you want to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> sure, let's go right back from the start. What was, were you, when did you, like, what instruments, what bands, what so kind of guitar, music? guitar, high school, playing with bands, it was like, it was um, punk and ska. Punk and ska, yeah. Uh, we played all throughout. Um, and what kind of, inst- what were you playing or? I was or? playing guitar. Guitar, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Then I played bass and then I played punk guitar in, a brand, in, in, in another band, um, which broke up pretty quickly. Um, That's a had, lot of punk bands. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of punk bands had broke a, up quickly. <laughs> had a hiatus, like, had, had a big hiatus. Um, I think... At this time and around like the early 2000s, I was really interested in um, big beat. So if we want to go by influences, it was like Chemical Brothers yeah. um, and Crystal Method. And, you know, like at this time, you're like, I'm listening to this sort of music. I'm like, man, how how the hell does this happen? Like, yeah, how they do this? How, how do they, they make this kind of stuff? Is this a live drummer? And then like, it's just like, you just want to know what you, what's under the hood, so I then, suppose. So then I, um, uh, I remember this is like way back in the day when uh, Music Lab first was a business. And I remember walking in, I'm like, hey, I want to make music. Uh, what do I need? And they were like, okay, you need this, this, and this. And then like, you know, the bill was like seven, eight thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like... Man, I, I ain't got that. Yeah. I mean, I do not have that. Like, yeah. I, okay, I'll go get like six jobs. Start, yeah, yeah. You know, start doing something on the side and maybe, yeah, we'll come, I'll come back and do this. Eventually get the money together to do it. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, some time sort of like progressed and I was living with this guy, Jeff, and he introduced me to um, Reason 3.5 or whatever. Reason. It was. That's what I started on too. Yep, and I so so I I I've got to say it's probably the worst to start on, I think, because it's so finicky to figure out and like it's so technical because it is like a live rig, like especially these days, you know, like we're talking. The best, the best thing about Reason, the, the only thing I loved about it was like you could hit tab and it flipped. Yeah, I and like that. Where you can see the back of the, all the devices, and then it became, how they connect. Yeah, and then it became like this sort of <laughs> so semi, almost like semi-modular. It was idea. truly analog, almost. And what well, wasn't really truly analog, but like, well, not it, truly, but it had that feel because you could turn yeah, it around yeah. and you could put the output into a filter. So or you whatever could go like, I I want a subtract to have a f- a filter. Uh, oscillator to go to there and to affect the um, modulation of the LFO. Yeah. And so you was, could get real modular and real... You could get of, real weird on it. Yeah. Like, and that was cool. And I was just like... when I, I came from a place where I, like, I had a guitar and a couple of pedals. And okay, yeah. So I came from a band. You're already aspect. in that realm almost. And then I was like, I came into this like electronic world and it was just like, well, my... I didn't have this limitation of just having a guitar with so many notes with a you do anything. With how many effects. Like, you know, I love playing acoustic guitar and a slide guitar and just like all of these different sounds. But then um, what a, uh, a door gave me was the ability to explore the, you know, what sound, what, what sound could do basically yeah. from a, like an insular kind of my world, my yes. own world. 
Yeah, yeah. Right? So I didn't need a bass player. I didn't need a drummer. Didn't need I didn't anyone. Need, I just needed me, right? Yeah. And I tinkered around for a while, for a couple of months. I was like, this is really cool. And then, um, and then not knowing a lot about computers at the time. Yeah. Wondering, like, why why this computer was not handling what it was doing. Yeah. Like, and my mate's like, dude, you, ca- you can't just put, like, 30 mixes and, like, yeah. subtracts and mousetrooms yeah. and, like... Computers know. aren't that good yet, man. Exactly. They're not that good yet. And you got like, to okay, chill it out cool. a bit. And so I'm like, okay, so you got to, like, you know, you drop back. And then um, I... Um, after after a while, I um, became friends with a, a guy called Luke. Yeah. Luke O'Sullivan. And he started doing work with um, this uh, collective called um, Styling Up. Yep. Styling Up was like a, an indigenous youth service that did music um, in Anala. Yeah, cool. And uh, Luke got contracted to write uh, music for uh, the kids and then like we were, they would come in and do like uh, basically it was hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I kind of learned and that's where I like gravitated towards Pro Tools. Yes. Because like um, Reason, Acid, it was like kind of like Reason, Acid, Acid was kind of like, yeah, you could kind of get away with good mixes. And then it kind of, we kind of went into Pro, Tool, into Pro Tools because like everyone was like, this is like the professional door that you need to yeah. do to make money. And then like this guy was like contracted to do all this stuff. And so we were kind of like, I was kind of there just to kind of assist and learn. Are you the studio assistant making the yeah. cups of tea and, well, cha- I, not and only, changing the tapes not, in inverted commas? Not, not only <laughs> Go change the tapes, assistant. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't really about changing the tape. Yeah. It was more about like, uh, go get us another beer or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or um, some other things. Or but you were learning. It was almost like a little bit of an internship or something, you know, like learning about So, everything. you know, I had... Uh, I had a good kind of notational kind of idea of how things flow. I really liked live elements. Yep. So, like, you know, in protests we'd be like, okay, we'd um, we'd put together, like, a, a live beat. Uh, we'd, like, you know, we'd, we'd get the rapper in, they'd do their thing, and then we'd mix. And I just really, in, in, for, some, for some reason, really enjoyed that, like, monotonous, like, playback. For some reason, like it just, <laughs> yeah, like I really want to make like from from the mix one to the mix fifteen or wherever you get yeah. to, I want to go back and go, cool, that's Compare where I started, it. and this is where it is now, and like like literally anyone who will listen, I will say I want you to hear mix one, and then I want you to hear mix fifteen. Yeah. If you really want to sit here for the next half an hour. Let's listen to like mix one to fifteen. Yeah, so you. Want, yeah. I want you to. I want you to see the progression. I really yeah. love the progression to make something sound really amazing for that person to then listen back to it. Not only the artist or um, us who have like worked on it, but then like their friends or their you know yeah think, yeah. And then um, it really didn't make a lot of sense until I went to. Um, I went to this. Uh, I went to this um, styling up after party that was at. Um, this where TBC is now. Oh yeah, Fine Cock TBC. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, what um, did it used to be called? Uh, I can't remember. I don't remember it what it was before then. Yeah, I can't remember now either. Um, yeah. But basically, we, we basically me me and my mate we rocked up 
uh, me and my mate Luke, we, we rocked up to, and it was the after party after their little festival and they were having like five or six um, uh, 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 of the, the people to come up and, and sing and it was a total Shazam, like like the mixer wasn't set. Nothing was uh, set up right. all, Everything was set up everything was, totally wrong. Everything was really, really, was really, really, really bad. Yeah. Like this. And so we, we, we basically just showed up thinking like it would be like a good – space for us is to kind of hang out and meet everyone and like be really super chilled but we got like hands on yeah you had to go and fix it all up for them yeah so was this after you'd started learning at SAE no, no or this is like way before so this is before we're still before the yeah, SAE way time before, yeah. way before yeah yeah and then um so, this so you already had a bit of like audio yeah experience yeah. at that stage well basically you were teaching yourself at this stage basically I would be the guy who'd go um like in the band to go oh we've got this new bit of gear um everyone would be like how do we use that i'm like give me the i like get the manual and i'd like i sit yeah. down and read it and then like two days yeah. later i'm like i know everything about it well that's a really that's cool thing because it. like i sort of i talk to people who are learning and are maybe a little bit newer um in music production and that and it's great to do tutorials and online stuff or whatever it is but to really get into the nitty-gritty you, you gotta, gotta know. You, you gotta, gotta read the manual. You gotta know what's under the hood. It's really important to read the manual, and that's because only this, something that I've learned in the last couple of years. Like, I'll, I'll jump off to this part now, where it's like, um, if you're, if you're, if you're mixing for someone or doing something for somebody or collaborating with somebody, and you do something, and they go, "Hey, why'd you do that?" You need to. It's like you kind of need to know some sort of technical. To back yourself up why yeah. you did it. You need to it's, explain it, You can't it. just say, I did it because it would sound good. I, I did it because it felt right. Like, yeah. it's, it's like you need some like you need some some, some sort of constructive like, understanding. Understanding about yeah. like, you know, why I did that. So when I go back to this um this gig that we set up and you know, and this was and, and this is the uh the beauty of live performance and live live sound and everything. It's like at, so, at one moment it's gonna go, it's gonna go right, and then at one moment it could just go fucking terribly wrong. Yeah. All right. And that's why a lot of people are professionals at live sound because yeah. that's what it's they do. It's a different thing. It's so different thing. Yeah. Um, this this gig, like at one moment, like I'm just thinking, man, all of these dudes just and everyone here just wants to hear everyone's song. And it's up to uh, me, me and Luke. There's two little white. Uh, I'm a little white dude. Yeah, a bit of bit of a bigger white guy. <laughs> yeah, it's up to us to make it happen. Everyone's just like looking at us, going, man, "What's going on, man?" It sounds, you know, the first song just sounded like sounded like shit. And the second <laughs> song was like, "No, nah, it just still didn't sound." By the time we'd figured out how it all got patched, but like we literally had to patch the whole thing again, yeah. get the whole mix. So you weren't actually going. being paid or anything to do this. No, thing. we just rocked we up. Just rocked up as we hunters. Totally, we, we just totally hunters. Rocked, we totally rocked up as like um, Luke was a guy who was like producing a lot of the music that went on at the festival that night. Okay, and yeah. I was like literally a ring in. So you guys weren't there at all to sort out sound or no. perform or it was, work. It was supposed. It was just, they it was, just got you in because they're like, "Who knows how to a, sort this out?" It was supposed to be. It was supposed to be all set up before we got there. <laughs> yeah, and then we got there, and it was like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Can uh, I, I, and like I don't really remember a lot of the details, but all I remember is, and this is the positive side of um, uh, kind of what happened is that it actually turned out. 
like fantastic. Uh, so the, it ended up really by the good time the we got to the last uh, couple of um, performances and like met with them and said, "Oh, what do you need? Huh? Three mics. This is that. Oh, we got a track. Can you play it through the desk? We can play it through the mixer." Yeah. Like you know, as soon as we got to like you know this point, like you know, a, a lot of live nights always do happen like this. A lot of live yeah. guys are like, by the end, it's every good. night is like that for me. So it doesn't, it, it's like, it was like a little introduction to like how chaotic the world of live sound can be. Yeah. So like, that was a really cool experience after that, like got mad props and like just hanging out with everyone was like really awesome. It was a really positive night. And then after that, I was like, I was feeling like, okay, now I want to produce. Now I want to, yeah. Now you want to learn do, more. Now you I want to do some, something more with it. So, yeah, I guess like working shitty jobs, just serving enough because music, music is expensive and getting to that point where I at least had something playback wise, understanding my, my tools and just like kind of getting, getting to a point where I could like lay down something that kind of felt like it was like tangible to yeah. the world, like acceptable. Like it wasn't just like, you know, just like an, an idea. It was an actual song because there's yeah. a huge huge difference between an idea yeah and a song yeah exactly it's it's massive man it's huge <laughs> yeah. and so what um so you started at SAE what what year was this when you started at SAE do, do you remember what year you started should i go get my degree uh no don't, you don't have to do that but <laughs> do you remember just the sort of time frame cuz i just want to ask so maybe 2012 2012, yeah, so just a couple of years ago, like five, six years ago, seven maybe years ago. So I know that maybe the degree at SAE for what, like, what was the actual name of the degree? Was it audio engineering, music production? What was it that you did there? Yeah, it was uh, audio audio engineering. Yeah, so like, obviously, it would have changed over the years what's included in the course, but I suppose for people out there who maybe are looking at doing you know, studying at SAE or something like that. What were maybe the good things about it or the if bad you, things about it? Like, like for yeah, I can someone sum it up pretty quickly. Yeah. The, okay. good, the good things about it is like, they have uh, some great desks to work on. So some really good equipment. Yeah. So you've got um, analog gear. So yep. you've got um, tracking gear. So when, when I was there, they had um, Neve uh, custom 75. Great. Beautiful piece. Yeah. I've still got mixes that I did on there that are just like amazing. They're just, yeah. have, they do, they do have a sound. They, yeah. They're, you know, they're a piece of analog a character. Um, they got a character to when, it. When I was there, they had a, uh, a TLA, um, which yeah. is a valve driven desk. Yeah. Um, which again, very like that warm and beautiful sound. Yeah. Um, I always call it a nice sound. It's a nice. It's, it's just nice. nice. I don't know how to describe it. It's just nice. And, and the beauty of, something like a, a TLA or a, a Neve um, is the color, the color it gives, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, the beauty about an analog desk is it's nonlinear. So like if you have, um, if you have like fader one, two, three, four, and five, and it's kick, snare, high, tom, tom, snare, like there's always going to be like this slight bleed into the rest. And then when yeah. you group, like, so it's sort of there's a there's a there's a glue or there's a like it, it's yeah. just something like, when you go into Ableton Pro Tools Logic um, anything else it's nonlinear yeah so that means 
there is no bleed from that kick to yeah. that snare to that thing. So, and in essence, what I could do in a, um, a bit of advice just really quickly is when you get, if you get all your drums and you group them to a channel, get something like a, an, an SSL plug-in or just something that has, will blend that together. Yeah, so one thing and I was... that so, so being at SAE has a really good understanding about um, what big studios um, around the country could use. Um, the only thing they didn't have there was any SSL gear. Like yeah. they didn't have the SSL G's or anything like that was all yeah. down in Byron and stuff. So we didn't get to use any of that. I actually put my hand up and I was like, can we have a school excursion to go down and just touch that motherfucking desk? Just, just touch those faders. I just really wanted it. But <laughs> I just wanted to just, what? just touch it. Every desk is a little bit different. Every desk has a bit of routing different, you know, but ultimately they, um, they kind of have the same, the same principles, same design are there. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's a music, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a music making device. So it's yeah. like, you know, um, so what I've actually done in, in past other live gigs is I've rocked up to places and I've, I'm, I'm using this desk. I don't know how to use it. I'll sit there for an hour and I'll read the manual and I'll kind of get an understanding. So if you have an under, this is a good thing about it. If you have an understanding about this desk yeah. in particular, a TLA or a, a Neve, like that will get translated into how you might need to work another desk or yeah. things. So what they do is they teach you what the principles, the principles about what high end studios we use. Yeah. I mean, in that time since I've left, I haven't used a high end desk. Yeah. I've all been in the box. Yeah. And because it's expensive to get a high end desk unless you oh, you're not you're, you're, like for people out there who don't know about music production, like, you know, like a high, like an SSL desk, we took in like hundred, two hundred thousand. How many, like, you know, like half, like 250, yeah, yeah. 250,000 for a proper 75 custom, um, uh, Neve is about $125,000. Yeah. And that's for a 16 fader. So what were the, maybe some of the downfalls? Like, is there anything that you feel like, was it maybe geared more towards live sort of stuff, especially no, back no. then, or was it electronic or there wasn't really no, a the, difference? The, the, the live, the live aspect, um, I know got a little bit better after the years that I was there. They actually hired out a live venue and did live sound. Oh, I heard about this venue, actually. Yeah. Which was really cool. Um, yeah. I particularly, um, after doing a little bit of live stuff, didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Just, just me personally, I think well, you got to throw yourself into it to know if you like it or not. Yeah. But it just didn't really, just, just didn't gel. Man, who knows? Like maybe in a year time, I'll be like, I might love it. Maybe yeah, maybe. yeah. Um, the one thing I will say about live, and this is what um, a couple of my mates, engineers, have always told me: um, if you get lucky being a live engineer. You'll, you you might find that, that band that you really like, like that you want to mix them, hey, yeah. and they're popular and they will take you, they'll take you around On the country. On tour, yeah. Um, but if, which kind of got, happened to me, like I kind of didn't get stuck, but just got forced to mix music that I didn't really like. Yeah. And like unfortunately if you're a, a venue guy or a live guy like that's going to happen yeah and if if you're okay with that 
that you can get through it. That's fine. You can get through the end of the night. That's all right. Like the good thing about live is when it's done, it's done. You don't, you just get to walk away. Mm. Um, but unfortunately thing, yeah. my, my little fucking little, my little stubbornness, it was like, that's kind of not what I did. And that's kind of why, um, I went into kind of making my own studio, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. And I making did. a space where I could do the music that I wanted to do. Cause I'm a music maker as well. Yeah. But then, you know, work on your music or yeah, work other on people's, yeah. other, other people's music that I've worked on yeah. in, the, in the past. So was there much of that electronic and the writing and the working in digital spaces like DAWs, was there much of that involved in the course oh, back then? Yeah, it's huge, yeah. It was? Yeah, you had like... Um, but even to the, the point of mixed down, like, uh, one thing I... Well, I, you, I've, had, you had like guys like, um, um, like Ash and... Um, a really good lecturer is um goes by Opron and um drum and bass guy. Yep. And you got Pete. Um, yep. Pete is also a techno king. So there's a, there was a heap of like really dance good. music artists yeah, yeah. that were working there. There at was the time. A, there yeah. was a really good um um kind of like push for you know for anyone doing you know dance. So it was like. It didn't matter if you if you did, like you know, we had guys doing like trance, to guys doing metal, to guys doing like you know, it was like we were all like a mish of yeah. of music. And this is this is also the other thing. Like when you talk, like you could talk to someone who who mixes like Christian rock music. Yeah, I mean, and you mix like house music, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to similar to what like yeah. you might make. Um, if you get down to the nitty gritty. And and things, it's like you st- you you both still are competing for things in that same frequency. Like yeah. you still, yeah, like you can still learn from each other. Like how you mix yeah. things and how you do things. Yeah. Like it's incredible how how different styles of music do uh, every song you 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 create differently. But how every single engineer and music maker actually has to um, kind of like approach it and it's very very similar yeah so in the in the sort of the the background of the actual how you do it and the the under the hood kind of stuff i guess like the the mixing stuff like it can be a different kind of music that you're working on but similar principles yeah um so so yeah you did that you you did your music production or, or your mixing um degree at sae and then what happened from there when you finished? You'd, you'd obviously, like you said, you'd worked on... I went to Thailand. Oh, you went to Thailand straight? Was that like a celebration? As soon as I finished, I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm out. How long did you go there for? <laughs> a couple of months. A couple of months? Yeah. Oh, sweet. What did you do over there when you were in Thailand? Like, I, I, didn't I, didn't look at, I didn't look at a screen. <laughs> yeah. I didn't care about music. Just like, just being, bin, is it Bintang? Also, I t- um, no, no, no. I went to, I went to just, Thailand, so I went to uh, like, Phuket. Yeah, yeah. Chiang Mai and like yeah. Chiang, uh, went yeah. to uh, Cambodia. So just just living the dream, like just having a good time, drinking. It was, it was called holiday. A holiday, yeah. It was called holiday. holiday. Yeah. It was like, oh, what's this? It's a book. Cool. Let me read it. Yeah, cool. This is my day. Any cool stories from when you were over there? Anything cool that happened? Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah? Um, I was uh, I was in I was I was at this island in near Phuket, and. Um, <laughs> I was um, 
So I, I went past this. Uh, I went past. Uh, I was doing the. I was doing the ride around the island, and this dude. I could hear Bob Marley every time I went past. Was like, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I was like, God, oh, gotta go check that place out. Did that. Then the next night, uh, I was like, Man, I gotta go check this this little hideout. some spot. Yeah. Then. Checked it out, man. This guy's got this Harley. It's Bob Marley. So this wasn't like a venue or a place. It was just someone's house. Like it was or someone's place. It was someone's place slash house place um, where you could buy joints and have a beer. Yeah. So it's like a bit of a yeah, a bit cool, of a cool place. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And I don't know, anyway, went to hang out. I was like having a beer. I was chatting to this guy, and I was like, I was like, man, um, I was like yesterday. I swear you look like this dude who had dreads. And he goes, yeah, I just cut them off. So oh. this guy had dreads like down to his ass. Oh, really? And then like the day I rocked up, he's got a fucking shaved head, right? Yeah, so it looks totally and, different. And, and then he's gone, yeah, I've just come back from uh, Bangkok and you know, changed my lifestyle, but doing all this. Like, and I was like, whoa, pretty, pretty heavy and stuff. And then like, it was like, cool. Well, I hung out, had a smoke with this guy, really awesome dude. And I was like, cool. I'll, I'll see you later, man. I'm here for a week, you know, whatever. And anyway, and I came back, and this is the part of the story which I thought was like really cool. Like he was still playing the same tracks, <laughs> the same tracks, or the same track, or the, the same, same couple. Tracks. It was like it was like you know cool. And I'm like, um, and I happened to bring my hard drive. Yeah, and I was like, man, I had like Studio One, um, just like all this. Just dub for days. Dub, dub for, da- dub dub for days. days. I know you love your dub, Johnny. Oh, I was going to the studio and there's like dub going. And when we say dub, we're not talking about all you dubstep people no. out there and trap. We're talking about proper dub that's like low end. There's none of those high screechy things. It's all low end, very bass driven sort of it's stuff. It's all like, you know. So it's, good. I love it's, a bit it's of dub. Ja- it's Jamaican dub. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's 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 not this white boy shit. It's it's proper. Yeah, yeah. It's proper proper. So then I rocked up and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, man. Um, I noticed like you're just playing Bob Marley. That's cool. You, you've got your Harley. It's got Bob Marley on it and all this stuff. Yeah, it's your like, vibe. I was like, how about I put some? How about I put some more music on your on your drive? Give you a like, few extra tunes. And anyway, it? I just dropped all this music on his drive and we started playing it. I was just going through like this is Lee Scratch Perry. This is King Tubby. This is like, you know. And just, he was loving it? Man, I like, this is like this guy's like eyes just lit up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, in this like whole world. And then, so anyway, so I was just, I don't know where the story was coming from, but it was a good story. Yeah, yeah. It's a good story because like I connect, it was the first first place I really connected with like someone in Thailand. And yeah. like it was about dumb. This guy just shaved his dreads off and he was just like, oh, I don't know about dub. And then I was just like, man, it's, it's not about like how you look. It's about how you feel. Like, so it's really a good connection with the music. Yeah, you yeah. guys, you guys so, form that bond and that connection through music. So I stepped away. I stepped away from uh, doing music production for two years, like being under the microscope about how, you know, what your knowledge is and how you like present assignments and, you know, so wait, this is, so when you came back after, no, no, this was no. after I left. So I was just like, yeah. Oh, like, like totally just got to get away from that. Yeah. Like this holiday is awesome. And then connected with this dude and then kind of like had this idea of like, okay, when I come back to the studio, like it's, it's not about, it's just about uh connection. Yeah. It's, um, it's about that. So I think when I came back, um, like obviously I was just like, I wanted to write some music, but then I, you know, working on your own music, mixing your own music is very, very different than, 
an artist or someone going, yeah. give, like, so if someone gives me their music, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to try and make it you know, good. Yeah. Yeah. Working right? on other people's stuff. So the first, the first year I was like, I pretty much anybody that I knew that wrote music. Yeah. I was like, give me your music. I want like, I want to mix it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I want to make sure, like, I can make it sound good or I can do, like, so I was then in um, kind of like a learning experimental stage Yeah. about how I could make that music sound good for that person or for the genre or for that, you know, serving the song. Like, I was, yeah. trying, to, I was trying to work out how I was going to do that. Yeah. And um, a lot of the time, didn't always work out. Didn't always work out in the beginning. Didn't always work out because, like the the person who wrote the the, the, the piece of music, uh, would say, "Oh yeah, here's my tune," and then like a month later, if I'd even get to it, would be like, "Oh yeah, I finished," and I'd give them, and they'd be like, "Is this even my song?" You know, really different. You'd done too much to it, man. You cut your pace. You just uh, you put in your kick drum. Like you just all of a sudden you're not even like serving the song. So like I went through quite a bit of time where I was like, just like trying to put my, my print on it. Yeah. Where your it own was touch like, on it. Yeah. Where it was like, it was literally just, it was actually someone else had already put their print on it. Yeah. And so then just need to make it sparkle. So then I was just like, okay, cool. What you need to do now is you need to take a step back and not be like, hey, I'll take anything. Because I was doing all this for free. Yeah. Because I was learning. Like, that's the only way I knew how to learn. And I really, really think that anybody out there that who wants to be a mix engineer or wants to do anything, take, like, at the initial start, take people's work and say, can I just have it? Can yeah. I just mix something like just give it yeah. to me for free? No, I will just let just let let me do something to it. You don't have to use it. Sometimes let me give it back to you and yeah, then see how, yeah, how yeah. it Some, ends up. You never know. Like sometimes you might be like, "Holy shit! I just fluked it. I yeah. did something good." Uh, other times you're probably going to want to put delays and reverbs and, and get just too like, creative. Just way too creative. Like all I can say is like try to be somewhere there in the middle. Yeah, like. If they have a song where they feel like that is finished, but they're not quite sure that it is sonically where they want it, you need to just step in and finish that part. Yeah. Like, um, because it's like songwriting is like 90, I'm just going to say 92%. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the other 4% is going to be mixing and the rest is mastering. Yeah. Like you are literally just there to do that. Um, if you want to be a producer and work with a songwriter then and be a mix engineer and like kind of be kind of some of that, you just need to know where you go into that like sound design world and just yeah. be there with them. You're not going to yeah. think about mixing. You're just going to think about the sound. You're going to yeah. think about the arrangement. Go think about all of those other things. And that's the only other thing that I come with um, that's so kind of u- unique is like because I've been in bands and I've written music and I've done all of this extra stuff yeah. with like other styles of music mm-hmm. is like I can feel like I can just like switch that mix engineer hat like I'm you like turn it off you can sort of go it's just to the side and I know later I can do that stuff but let's just figure out what this part first this part first because yeah. it's the really the most important 
and you always should spend the most time on that. Um, because literally when you give it to a mix guy, like he might take two to three days to mix your tune, uh, two, three days maybe. But if it's not really mixed in that two, three days, then there's something wrong yeah. that's happening there. Back beforehand, back, yeah, yeah, in the mix, back in the, uh, but and, well, in the in the production, yeah, yeah. And I know, I know, we've done a lot of stuff before, yeah. and like I've like struggled a lot with some of your stuff, but then there's other stuff where I've just been like, it's, yeah, it's just don't need to do anything. It's yeah. just seamless. It's sometimes seamless. So, um, I think the why are we like wrapping up onto this bit again? I can't remember. I'm just I don't know what you're going on I'm about. Totally going on a rant. I wanted to bring it back though about like I think for me apart from, like, for my learning and development as an artist, apart from working in a space like this where it's good speakers, good treatment, where I can hear what's going on, mm. for me, I think a really good thing with mixing has been to be able to do attended sessions with you and sit in and see what you're doing in the session. Oh, yeah. And that's something that I'd really sort of advise to anyone out there who, and, I mean, this kind of an opportunity doesn't come up all the time. You know, sometimes it's... You know, you need to know someone who you can be friends with and you can come to some kind of agreement as to you can mix the tune, but I'll sit in and give advice on how I want it to sound and things. Uh, and I well, think that's probably the best way to learn because yeah. I've picked up so many things about mixing and compression and saturation, you know, all the different things that we do in here when you're mixing one of my yeah, tunes. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to learn is to sit there and, and then ask those questions. Oh, why did you do that? Like, what was that? Like, oh, whoa, go back. What's that little, what's that knob that you just turned? What was that about, you know? Like, I think that's a really good way to learn. Sometimes I don't even know why I did that. Yeah. <laughs> but my mind told me to do that and then yeah. it just sounded better. But, like, I know what you mean. Um, I think um, what's a lot of difference between the, uh, mixing live drums and electronic drums yeah. is electronic electronic uh live drums have like you can feel this um uh, and this goes with live samples and I'm not just saying live samples like you get a live pack yeah. um there's a huge difference between having a live actual actual live sample than um something that's been processed a lot um and um when it comes to um mixing the two the two different styles is like um you can actually feel the air coming through yeah for that mic so it's like kick and snap like especially the kick like you can actually f actually feels like you can feel like it coming through the diaphragm of the microphone and then it's hitting your mic like yeah. it's it's weird it's like it's like it's not even you're not even in the same room as where it happened yeah yeah and then it sounds that's that's sort. like that's so that's live drums and that's doing live bands and stuff and that's that's like kind of cool it's like you can really push those kind of elements. Um, and then when you get into like doing, um, when you get into doing uh, electronic drums, like I really feel like they, they need a lot. Like they need to variation or no, what no, do you no, mean? It's not variation. They just need, they just need a lot of like to, to kind of, to have that kind of feel to push, to make them feel a little bit more real. Hmm. Otherwise, like they're not just coming from a computer. Yeah. 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 And um, so then I get into, I do this just about on every track now and it's um, 
everything, 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 parallel compression. Parallel compression. So that's something I wanted to talk about because it's a it's, really big thing huge. that you always talk about and it's other artists who come through here, you talk about parallel compression. So yeah, and everyone, everyone, everyone just there, sort of sits here and scratches their head and go, oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a lot of, like, you know, like people at the top of the game know about parallel compression, but how do you describe parallel compression to someone who has never used it before? <laughs> it's it's kind of like um it's 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 like if your song was a this is gonna sound really lame. Yeah this is kinda <laughs> cool. because um, this is non uh totally just like off the bat. But anyway, it's it's kind of like it's kinda of like the gravy. Yeah. For your drums. So like <laughs> the gravy for your drums. Love it. So so say you say your drums sound like nice and big here, but like they just kind of sound a bit flat. Yeah, like this is a way just to kind of like thicken them up a little bit. Yeah. So it's it's basically um, adding an extra compression to your um, to say your your mix yeah. on your on your master yeah. like drum bus. Mm-hmm. But what I do. And which is a lot easier if I show anyone, like if I was having like a little masterclass yeah. or whatever, it's, um, it's something I do on the kick, the snare and the hi-hats. Yeah. So the I main have, drum elements. Yeah. So I have like three. Yeah. I have three parallel compressions. Um, I have the kick, the snare and, um, high drums. So the snare is kind of like, it's almost like a distortion. So yeah. The parallel compression is like it's it's like a a waves eleven seventy six and yeah. an EMI um, EQ on it. Um, you're shoving the highs. You're driving the compression like a lot. Like yeah, like on on the actual plugin itself, like you're going plus six plus seven, like yeah, and, and maybe like a. Um, uh, like a one to four, one to three compression rate. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got to play with the release to it's to how however you feel it. Yeah, yeah. You really got to play with that. Like I have a little um, input session input which I put on every track, and then I tweak it every track. Yeah. Um, same to go. Same goes with the. Um, all right, but then if I'm going to talk about the the, the snare track as a sense, um, the snare. Like uh, you might have it on the auxiliary about, you know, minus six, but then the actual channel might be minus 23. Yeah. So really soft, really soft. But as it's coming in, it's snapping those high frequencies. And I, and I like, I would love to show anyone out there an example where you just literally go mute, unmute. Yeah, Yeah. Mute. Unmute. Compare the two and differences. It's, it's, it's the it. difference between the snare coming in like ch, 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 to come in through the ch, ch, just yeah. fuller, bigger, just not like just just cutting in. Yeah, and and then it's and it's the same with the hi hats and the snares and everything. So it's giving um, an extra a little bit of volume mm. and a little bit of extra like it's almost like an effect. You're using compression as an effect. Yes, not as a mixing tool. I'm just gonna try to slam it down and just try to make it like yeah. contained flat. Sometimes no dynamics. Fucking, sometimes I'll have like a kick, a snare, and I have no compression. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just, 
because it's like if it's a if it's a digital signal, then it should just be fuck. It just should just be hitting there every time. It shouldn't be like an analog signal where the player's going do 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 do. It's all over the shop. It should be like man, if that's a fucking digital kick, it should just be hitting where I want it every time. Yeah. I should just be able to do a slight EQ, maybe a gate, maybe another EQ, and then I go to my master drum bass, and then I should be able to add in my compression just as a layer. And I, 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 I shit you not, man, like you add it in. It's just like your drums don't sound just like they're like this. They just, I know, no one can actually see my hands right now. So yeah. Sort of <laughs> no, your drums just won't sound like they're flat they'll yeah. sound like they're just pushing in and out the way i've heard it described is like um the the channel that you mix in with that parallel compression is like setting the floor it's the biggest fullest part of the sound that's going to occur yeah. and then all of the other original signal is going to give that dynamic information that's louder in some bits and softer in some bits because it's not compressed as much you know yeah, so it gives true. it that full sound but it still gives it that dynamic quality yeah. Which you that's, know, that's is, a good idea when when you're yeah. thinking about snares and snare rolls. Yeah, exactly. Like all You've those like things. You want those transients and those dynamic qualities of that sound, but you want that flat, full floor on it as well. And now that I now that I speak about that about drums, you can do parallel compression with. Everything. With everything, yeah. It's not just. But don't go the, overboard. Don't go overboard, or your song's just going to sound like it's well you, too okay, compressed. Don't like maybe do, if if you've got a song if you if you've got a song that's like drums, guitars, but yeah, maybe don't do it on everything. Yeah, if it doesn't need it, it doesn't need it. I nearly do it on every drum track because I feel like, um particularly house in a lot of um, genres that I've been mixing lately definitely need big drums, big drums, drums yeah, are, it's a main element. It is drums and bass. Like, like, so I, I, I'm, I probably do it more with, with bass and uh, with drums and bass. Um, yeah. So the um, main elements in the song. Yeah. And saying that, um, just pushing those elements and stuff, um, are really, are really crucial. And that was, that was something that, um, I remember uh, an old um, engineering friend. Like, I didn't get taught that. I, I got that taught that at SAE. Like, yeah, this is parallel compression. Yeah, let's put it on our, on, on our master bus with the sand. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, cool. You understood like. the principle. But it wasn't until actually somebody said, oh, this is what I use on my yeah. hip-hop tracks. That's a lot of, I'll show you. That's what happens in a lot of, like, music production. You'll learn a technique, but it's like... Oh, okay. When do you use that technique? I'm gonna I'm gonna draw it right back. To Pull say, it back. Let's draw it right back. Okay, if if you want to go to a school and study and do music production, oh, yep. like, and if that's where your mind is, that's what you want to do. You want to de- dedicate two, three years, or whatever it is that you want to do, then just fucking do it. Yeah. Okay, but there is also the understanding of like. You can do that as well if you want to surround yourself with the people and knowledge and whatever and do whatever you need to do. 100%. So you don't actually need to go somewhere yeah. to do that. But the idea about going somewhere to do that it makes is, you do it. Is, is you have you to do it. it. You have to do it. Because that's myself, you know, like, as you know, I'm self-taught and I, 
I I've only learnt from tutorials online heaps, and heaps of heaps of dudes I know that are playing in the DAW, learning from you. Like yeah. I never had a formal training in music production. I mean, I had music. Uh, you know, I played you trumpet the, and you sang. The, you got the school of YouTube. Yeah, yeah, I've got the school of YouTube. But but when I started, there was no school of YouTube really. There was a couple of tutorials out there, but it wasn't this huge thing that everyone's doing now. You know, like mm. back in the early, uh, sorry, the late two thousands. There wasn't many tutorials on music production. Not like it is now, anyway. Like you know, not when you can just like flick up your Instagram and there's like you a, can you a can like second tutorial. You can go to YouTube and type yeah. in music production, and you're going to get hundreds of thousands of videos. You know, like yeah. or, or, I don't know. I've never tried to. So, what do you think? For that. Do you reckon, um, as we're sitting now in 2019, that there's a bit of a an uh, oversaturation of There's definitely, well, look, is I don't know. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Look, I, uh, <laughs> I, was even, I was even saying it last night, I think there's an oversaturation of people in general. I think there's too many of us on this planet. So there's definitely also an oversaturation in music, in my opinion. Um, well, maybe there isn't because maybe, maybe the best things float to the top now and you get the better music that comes from the bottom and because there's more music in general the better stuff floats to the top. But it was, I don't, it was I don't hard, think that's it was harder. The, it was harder to record and make music in the past. Yes, definitely. So now we've hit a so spot where... Yeah, so more people could do it now. It's a lot easier to do it So now. maybe some of those people who would have been awesome artists if they had this opportunity are now able to do that. Or maybe there's just more of people in general doing it, which means that we don't get to see the artists. But I don't know. It, it's... It's weird. I loved the music back then, and I loved everything that happened back then. Like, for me, that was, like, the late 2000s for music and, like, DJing and production. But, um, like, now I think it's just as good. It's just different. It's just not the same, you know? We're talking about this, like, um, resurgence of scenes. Yeah. Genres. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a – personally – um, love big beat break beat. Yeah, big beat was which is the break beat genre, which has sort of started to come back. And I don't know if they even call it break beat now. For a while, they were calling it sort of bass house, but it was. Mm. Um, I don't know for anyone out there, like you know, your main house genres that are around the one twenty to one thirty BPM, mainly four to the floor. So like the kick is on every beat. One, two, three, four. And breakbeat and broken beats are like, it's not on every kick. It's one, 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 two, two, two. Like, it's not on the same beat. So all your genres like trap, um, drum and bass, uh, future bass, dubstep, all these ones where the kick doesn't happen, they all stem from breakbeat. Like back in the day, you know, like very true. So it's, but yeah, it's. I don't know. Breakbeat's making a little bit of a resurgence, but it's definitely different to how it used to be. It's not that live sort of sound as much. It's definitely like a. There's you can definitely hear the influences of of all the other genres that have come or, that are popular now mm. in there, mm-hmm. like those crazy. Cozy bass lines and and synth lines and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. around a broken beat. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's it, you know, music's always changing. It's always fluctuating. It's a different thing all the time. And I I feel like at the moment it's it's in a good place. 
It's, it's always in a good place. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's yeah. Music. But like yeah. what happens is like there'll be one style that's kind of like on a down surge and then there's one style that's coming on an yeah. up surge. And, and like Tommy talked to me about in, in an episode before, he said a lot of it's because the people who grew up with a certain type of music are now making music. That type of music. Mm. And now they're making that kind of music. So that's why it keeps cycling back through. Because mm-hmm. like myself, you know, growing up in the electro and the, you know, like house electro sort of era in the late 2000s, a lot of my music, while I don't particularly go out to make electro music, like I never sit down and go... Here's a good one. Yeah, I never sit down and go, I want to make an electro song, but a lot of my music has electro influences. So it's that cycle from back in the day of what I used to listen to. Here's a good one. But like sometimes before I, you know, before I mix or before I want to write or Mm. I want to do something, like... I.e. I might watch a tutorial or just, you know, get some inspiration. Yeah. And, like, literally, sometimes I'll go literally crank, like, some heavy, like, heavy metal or, like... Something totally different. Something, like, you know, I like my dub. I usually listen to dub after I've mixed some, like, shit for a while. chill you out. (laughs) Sometimes. But it's, like, if... If like the music that you're not, if, if the music that you're making doesn't give you like what you searching for, then I feel like you're just trying to please yourself. Yeah, you really need to be like, hey, there's there's a whole audience out there, and they need to like engage on your on your music mm. or the artist that you're mixing for or like you know or whatever. It doesn't matter if it's small or if it's large or whatever scale it is. Because there's an understanding now that I that I know about. Um, it's it's like when when you make a piece of music or when you're a part of a piece of music, it's like it's no longer you. When it's done, when it's finished, and when it's out, it's kind of like it's no longer just yours. It's yeah. like everyone's. It's it's theirs, and now it's like to the listener, to the listen out there listening right now. Now this is your music. Yeah. So. And in essence, like I understand from an artist to a mix engineer to the whole process. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Is like, wow, this is and that that's why I listen to music before I mix. Or that's yeah. why I listen to something before I want to get into you know, I'm like, oh man, I want to make some hip hop today. Or I'm like, oh man, I just want to get some distorted guitars and just do something whack or get the descents out and just be like, Man, I'm gonna do something really different today. Yeah. And, experiment you know and sometimes like you'll come out and be like oh, I've got like 12 bars yeah not 8 12 bars of yeah. something 12 bars which is a weird for so anyone doesn't weird, know that's like a, a weird it's like a, yeah it's not a it's a really it's not a weird it's not a whole phrase for normal dance music yeah, or music in general yeah. like 12 bars yeah. is a weird number it, yeah it's like 8 and 4 it's not really yeah. happening so it's usually 8 16 or or 32 <laughs> so, for anyone who doesn't know music but what I'm trying to say is that when you do that like and then like you're like okay cool I just did a little experiment like but it's not meant to that that's not meant to be like a fucking hit or it's not meant to be like you know everyone's gonna hear this or whatever yeah. so it's just like you're just trialing something and an idea and like this is yeah. how to mix. And then um, any other mix engineers out there or artists or whatever, I shit you not, like then like three, four months down the track, someone's going to come with you with a track and you're going to go, 
Oh man, I remember that time I was just tweaking around with like all this weird shit and just doing something. I know what to do to this track. Yeah. And you can, and then you can do it. So it's like every time that you just jack in, plug in, do something weird, like you might walk out going, oh, that was pretty, pretty average. Yeah. Or that wasn't like not what I was expecting when I came in. Or you might wake up the next day and go and come up to the computer and hit space and go, hmm, questionable. Yeah, maybe didn't do as good as I thought. It's all about the learning process. You yeah. never, never, never stop learning. Like, yeah. Like, I've been doing this now since I stopped studying for like five years and I only am just starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. Like, I've got yeah. a process. Like, I've got... A couple of things that doesn't take me a week to do a mix. And you know they're going to work. And you know that it's... And I've noticed that from when we've worked on tunes. Like, we've we've worked on tunes for <laughs> weeks and weeks and weeks at the beginning, and now it's like we work on a tune for a couple of hours and it sounds way better than we, you yeah, know, the progress yeah. we used I to think, make. I think, to be totally honest, like, when you uh, do a mix, <laughs> um, you'll, you'll think about, okay, that's the mix... You have to step away. You need an ear break. You need to calibrate. You need to come back. You need another little fresh listen. And to tell you what, you'll do the main big chunks in the first one to two mixes. Yep. And when you come back, if you haven't done your job right, like, and you're still mixing, you've, you, something's wrong. In that last yeah. part, you should just be doing <laughs> tiny, 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 little, tiny volumes, just tiny, tiny cuts little, little pieces, this, yeah. tiny little bits and pieces on the top. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the best idea that I can I can think um I could I don't know am I giving advice to other little yeah sure sure <laughs> um one thing I did want to talk about is um you know they talk about so many times on music production blogs and people giving advice that you can do everything with the stock plugins on your DAW yeah sure you which can. is true you can but there's been a lot of times when we've been working on tunes and doing mix downs for my tunes and stuff where maybe I've had one plugin on using it as an EQ and you've sort of gone hey wait let's turn that EQ off let's use a different EQ mm-hmm. because it's a better EQ or it gives a better character but so what is the difference between some of the different like EQs or, or things? Is it just just a character thing, a texture thing, or is it each, the each tonal each, thing? Yeah, or is yeah. it it's it's not a specific thing you can put your finger on? Uh, I think um if you went from say like um like an isotope to fab filter to <laughs> yeah. um waves SSL to um uh like Kramer EQ like yeah. they all um doesn't matter like y- if you put that on yeah it's gonna give a slight color like it's flat it's a different it's, vibe. There's, there's a color yeah. it's always gonna be a color as soon as yeah. you put a plug in on don't think that it's just you know um another good one is like this uh, all the slate stuff yeah that that shit is amazing it's really good um I really yeah. really want to get Kind of back into the slate, back into the slate stuff. It's yeah. re- it's uh, it's just you know the tonality and the music music element to shaping stuff. because yeah. you always really see important. like people, and I suppose to people who are beginning and and um, producers. I per- I, yeah, I pers- I personally get 
um, have this love hate relationship from like, uh, I'm going to say like uh, 200 to 500 Hertz. Like I just don't like it. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you a little backstory. And it's when I was a kid and my, and we had the little EQ on the stereo. Yeah. And I'd, and I'd play, I'd play whatever was happening and I'd be like, Oh, this sounds all right. And then I just like, there was this one EQ in the middle. It's like when I just sucked it out, yeah. I was like, man, it's everything sounds Probably around so 300. Good. Yeah, it's like <laughs> three, three to 500. Yeah. And then I, I used to play my, my guitar through this the, the same thing and I just used to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, but going on to um, different, uh, like you use an EQ and yeah. then you give it to me, like I'll switch off and I'll use this EQ. It's, um, it's about um, tonality, yeah. about how... Uh, I uh, personally, how I think that sound should be in the mix. Yeah. And so you could do a similar thing with a different plugin, but it's just how you vibe, how you your workflow with that plugin is. Is that what you think it is? Man, um, when you get to a when you get a project up to like you know your your um, computer starts to be a bit wigging yeah. out, like you can. Uh, man, I used I use plugins that like just. Just to do some shelving, just to do some cutting, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it really like I'm like, oh man, I got to cut that out. I'm like, oh my, my CPU's running pretty high now. I've got a lot of stuff on my master. I don't want to, I don't want to bounce down. I don't want to stem yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just want to cut a little bit out, see what that does. Yeah. So in saying that, like some of your favorite, like just if we talk about plugins, like obviously you said the slate stuff you really love. Is there any I really, other uh, that state stuff? I, I really did love. I haven't used it for about a year. Is there any other stuff that you're really loving? Yeah, Mick DSB. Mick DSB. Yeah. Everything they do is yep. um, incredible. Well, I haven't looked into any of that yet, so um, I'll have to have a check out. Really, that. really good. They've got a, um, analog channel two, which is a tape saturator, which I've been using tape on saturation, your saturation. Yeah, your <laughs> we've been talking about it a yeah. lot. They've got. It's just. It's a really <laughs> awesome plugin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So moving um, forward, like um, me and oh no, that was just the that was just I was just cutting the the surface of oh, uh, so we're just cutting the surface. Uh, Do you want to keep going on the on, on the plugins? Yeah, I, stuff. Let's yeah. go. Let's do it. Let's dig right deep. All right, Let's so, go for it. Okay, so you got your McDSBs. Yeah, um, you got your Isotope, yep. which is um, probably I I really like Isotope for uh, midside. Just mm. the EQ, just the Q two with the midside. Yeah, see, I don't use the Q2. What do you use for the midside on Isotope then? Um, oh, no, sorry, that's Fab Filter. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Isotope. isotope. I don't have any Isotope stuff, so yeah. what do you use on that for the midside? Um, uh, just the just the EQ. Um, okay. It's, yeah, just a midside. So you can really you can solo your sides and look out your mid. Um, if you want to get creative and you're mixing with your midside, it's, um, it's fantastic. Yeah. It really is. Um, that's about all I use. <laughs> isotope yeah, 5. yeah. I mean, they've got the Isotope Five, which is like a mastering plugin stuff. Yeah. Which some cool stuff in there, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for mastering, really, like it's. I mean, you can do a little all that. I mean, it's great for mastering if you just want to chuck something on the master chain and do that. But um, and then if I'm going to get into like um, any any kind of creative creative mixing, yeah, yeah. Creative mixing is really, in a sense, like. Um, Really comes down to um, sound toys. Sound toys, yeah. Sound I know. Toys I love the bomb. I've only um, got um, Alter Boy and Tremolo. Yeah, and they're, they're de- really good. But I need Decapitator. We've been talking about this for a while. The delay, uh, the crystallizer, um, 
when you send when you send that stuff off to an auxiliary channel on Pro Tools and you can mix in between those mm. two channels, like it can give anything from your lead synth a, a, a way of just like sounding a little bit more like swirl to side to side to kind of yeah. just 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 give it like just let ear just like a little bit more of an interest. A little bit of ear candy. Yeah, I guess ear yeah, candy is a little bit candy, of like yeah. sprinkled dust. Um and then also uh one thing that I learnt with um uh I think it, it's a good vocal um a vocal idea is when um so you you'll send you'll get your vocal dry but you want to you want to have a delay or a reverb to your delay uh to your vocal channel um so what you do is you duplicate your vocal and then you send that to an auxiliary and then you have that auxiliary that has like um uh like a gate and then on the gate you have your reverb or your delay so yeah. to say to say the reverbs uh to say the vocal saying you know jai is awesome yeah, and then like that's which cool. most vocals are saying that. Yeah, yeah. So but so then like when, when you have <laughs> when you have this like chain on, it'd be like Jai is awesome, some 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 yeah, some. It gives it the yeah. So what it's giving you um, ducks the original vocal, yeah. and then so there's the no tail, there's yeah. no effects on your original, and then it comes out and bam, and then it's like it's used like you listen to pop music, it's in every fucking pop track yeah. you've. Like you've ever heard. Ev- ev- like I just put today. it on the new tune. We're working on revs. Yeah. I yeah, did yeah, that yeah. on the vocal. Um, I I put a gate onto it. Um, onto that one, yeah, or a side chain actually side chain onto gate. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's not saying that it just needs to be on a vocal. You can use Anything. it on synths. You can use it on bass. You can use it on a lot of things. Um, and that's when you start to go into the realm of like I'm going to be mix sound engineer sound design. So, um, like, so if like, if someone is like willing to give you their track to go, Hey man, I don't know what to do with this. Let's go nuts with it. Go crazy. This is called collaboration, right? Yeah. So the idea about learning is like, Hey, someone just wrote a 16 bar loop. You're going to turn it into a song. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. It's like. Fuck yeah! I'm I'm gonna make this thing. So then throw everything at it, like yeah. max your fucking computer out. Yeah, yeah. Do as much as you can. Like get yeah. some analog synths and run it in and out. Just like you know, like I don't know, man. So many studios look so neat and perfect in Instagram. Like yeah. I'm looking at my studio right now. There's cables and shit everywhere. Yeah, it's a bit of a mess at the moment. There's, it's there's like there's beers. There's cables. There's a there's a synth on the ground plugged in. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's shit everywhere, but you know. So don't don't be in the stereotype that it needs to look like that, that you need to sound like that, that you need to be like that. Just be you. Like at the end the, of the day, a, you need to make good music. So that's the. It's yeah. not about the visual, really. Like yeah. it's all great to have the good social media presence and all that kind of stuff, but that shit's easily oh, faked. Yeah, that please. shit you can fake that shit easy. Like you know, I already do. You already do. Um. So yeah, good. Good chat, man. Like, I know we're going to do a few more of these together because we're always hanging out and it's easy for us to just I turn like, the I mics like, on and talk shit for a while, you know, so... I feel like we just do this anyway. Yeah, this is what we do anyway, but... Um, this was so not forced. This, Yeah, yeah, it was just, just turn the mic on and go, but... Um, 
for everyone out there or anyone out there who wants to maybe um, look at hiring a studio or getting a mix down or a master or anything. Or even just coming in and, and listening to listening the space. Listening to your tune. Yeah. Where can they sort of go to find find you? Have you got a website or, yeah, or where's the best? The best? Oh, there's uh, Facebook. Um, so where's the best place to go find you though? Um, right here. The website? This okay. is the best place. But how no, do we get the so, details? Social media. Um, you can go to Diffuse Studios on Facebook. And it's spelled a little bit different. Like Diffused, it's spelled D-I-F-F-U-S-Z-E-D. Um, because otherwise you'll find the studio that's in, is that in Berlin or where's the other Diffuse Studios? I can't remember where it is. It's over in Europe somewhere. That's but right. We're going to go burn it down. Like yeah, that we're going to, we're going to get rid of that. We'll, we'll cut, we'll, you know, kneecap some of them and tell them to close that place down. But for, uh, for anyone out there, yeah, check out Diffuse Studios, um, on Google, on all the socials and, um, yeah, Thanks for having a chat with us, Johnny. I think that we might just wrap it up here. And to be honest, I need to go take a piss. So I think that's why we're going to wrap it up. Oh, here. you're going to totally <laughs> edit it that out. Are you going no, to I'm going out? to keep that in there. That's fine. But um, yeah, thanks for coming on. It was good to have a <laughs> chat. And we'll definitely do this again because, I mean, we're always here in the studio. So Man, I could anything else you want to sign off with? Um, tell everyone out there. Well, I could, I could probably talk for another like, hour yeah exactly that's, that's just me because i'm i'm fucking crazy but that's, yeah that's right. yeah i mean you get me going about something and like I know, yeah. so if you do come over you, you do want to come check it out just like you know clear your schedule just a little bit because, yeah uh, set some time aside so um, definitely set some time aside because yeah. um this time this time that we've got and this time that we have is is really precious and um if you do decide to really harness that time yeah it's it's all available and it's already here perfect beautiful thing to sign off on everyone thanks for having, tuning in on this episode and uh yeah we will talk to you guys soon see you bang bang <laughs> there we go another episode guys um oh, that was that was so much fun to sit down with johnny and you know um talk about music and something we're both passionate about and, you know, we get on really well. So it was really good to just sit down and have a chat about music. And as you can hear from the episode, Johnny is a very passionate guy about music. Um, it's just something we both love. And, yeah, we're really excited about bringing the studio to everyone and really making that whole thing happen. Um, so, yeah, check out Diffuse Studios. Um, you can Google it. It's on all the social media platforms. It's spelled a little bit different. It's D-I-F-F. U-S-Z-E-D. So, uh, yeah, there's a Z in there. Um, Diffuse Studios, um, you know, I'll have links to it on all of my socials as well. So make sure you check that out um, and get in touch. If you're, you know, if you're a music producer, a mix engineer, um, a DJ, an artist, anyone in the creative space of music or art in general, um, just get in touch. And, you know, the, like, like I always say, you know, nothing really great happens uh, by yourself. Anything that's really great has to be a team and a good group of people. So yeah, if that's you, make sure you get in touch because we want to hear from you. We want to see what Brisbane is all about and what we can bring to the rest of the world uh, and really sort of blow this thing up. So thanks for listening, guys. Um, thanks for tuning in. Check out all the socials, like, comment, share, subscribe. Um, make sure you show a friend this podcast and, you know, grow it like that. 
And yeah, as always, you know, I hope you're having a great time wherever you are, if it's day, night, and I'll see you for the next episode soon.